You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here in the yard with my neighbor, Jeff Richards. Thank you, Bill. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. It is laughable, our situation, is Well, it? because we've been neighbors for how long? Like a couple of years now, right? 14 years, yeah. <laughs> no, but in this space, right, how long have you lived where you live? I'm not going to get into in it. I'm not going to get into any of it. Okay, I've been here for it. about five years. Yeah, so we've been kind of like neighbors for a while, and I've been doing this podcast for a couple years. And it's weird. It's like when you had a class in college that was right across the street. You were always late for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause you have to. The easiest things uh, are the hardest. Yeah. So I would see. I was like, oh, eventually we're going to do the podcast. But it's been a couple of years. I'm glad you're doing it, and this is a perfect time because uh, you have you just launched a new podcast. Yes. And you are incredibly modest as a human being. Well, that's <laughs> that's true. But. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most modest, but you—it's um, great. You're super fucking talented, and you had it had Alec Baldwin. Out. Now, if people who don't aren't familiar with your work, let's Tarantino this and go back a little bit because I actually don't know much about you, Jeff, either in terms of like your upbringing. I don't go deep into the fucking woods. How much would you say? Okay, but how much would you say I weigh? I would say you weigh how many stone? Should okay. we do stone? See, so you want to? I'll just leave. Fourteen right. stone. I'll leave right now. <laughs> If you're going to start measuring me out by stone. Um, uh, well, listen, there's leaps and bounds and uh, rainbows and unicorns and all sorts of funny things out there. And we, we're just having a good time with the... You you this is you have a big top effect here. Yeah, it's a little bit of a circus. People who don't... I have a little yard and the owner of our apartment building... Buddy. Buddy, who's the owner of the Laugh Factory. Hey, Buddy. This is... Uh, buddy. I said, Jamie, can I do whatever I want to the yard? He goes, yeah, just make it. And then I did all this shit. He and then said, he came back. He was like, what the fuck did you just do? Just make it circus, whatever you <laughs> Make do. it look like circus big time, buddy. You're a clown. You guys are clowns. Uh, but Jeff, where are you from originally? I'm from Walnut Creek, California, which is in Northern California, East Bay. East Bay. So that's like San Francisco-ish? Sure, on the weekends. On the weekends. So you were like a bridge and tunnel crowd? I was a British and tunnel crowd. <laughs> but my accent was, wasn't good then. Well, you know how it is, like, people from northern Jersey, I'm from Virginia, outside D.C., so people would say, where are you from? And if I wanted to seem cool and metropolitan, I would say, oh, I'm from D.C. And they're like, where in D.C.? And I was like, well, across the bridge in Alexandria. They're like, right. oh, no, you're a hick. Quit trying to pretend like you're smart. Right, yeah. Um, I'm just map-questioning you to where I live, <laughs> but I thought it was easier for me to just say D.C. So, Walt, I didn't even heard that. Is it on the ocean? Walnut Creek is not. It's uh, it's near a very small stream that uh, supplies water to uh, roughly tens of hundreds of people. So you you were like a small town guy, huh? I think so. I wore overalls, but I Did was really? I I get lonely <laughs> like everybody else, you know. But I, I you know I had, I had a misguided sense of direction. Really? No, not really. Okay. I was going to say you have some good delinquency stories from childhood. Sure, I missed a lot of phone bills. <laughs> you know, I usually don't do comedy like this, but <laughs> there's a heater and I'm looking at it and it looks great. Yeah. Um, well, because, you know, a lot of people, 
who are comics, the, the the path to being a comic is a very odd one. Usually for most people, it's very rare that you talk to someone who's like, "I was five years old. I saw Richard Pryor, and I said, I'm going to be a comic." I mean, I didn't think I was going to be a comic no. until I was in my, geez, late twenties. You know, so um, I, I went to school for engineering. So I, this has been a really weird road for me. I still don't know if I'm a fucking comic. Is comedy still happening? Who knows? Well, I, that's a whole other thing. That's almost another podcast. Is yeah, comedy is. happening? That'd, that'd be, be a good. Name, that'd be a name. We of a should podcast. do that. Is, is comedy, comedy happening? happening? And we'll just keep checking in on the status. <laughs> seems like another guy started a podcast. It seems to still go. I still guess it's going. So um, one of the things I do know about you, you are one of. Maybe the only person... No, I'm not. You're going to say... No. You know what I'm going to say? Who was, who was a regular on Matt TV and SNL. Yeah. Are you the only one who did that? No. Taron Killam did it. Oh, fuck him. Well, he's, he's, he's a good guy. No, he's a great actor, too. But, um, yeah, that happened. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, you didn't think, you know... I always think I've never I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I was up for a job that could potentially be so sort of life changing in my career ever, really. I mean a couple times there's been a pilot or, or a movie, but nothing where I was like, Man, like I've heard the stories about people auditioning for SNL. They just sound like it's a pressure cooker. I, I don't know how people don't crack. Yeah, but you've done Broadway yeah, many times. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's just like the audition was, you know, like your little stand-up routine, because you just did a, like a presentation, you know, five characters, three impressions, whatever your thing was. It was like a showcase at a comedy club. You no, know, I did it at the at SNL. I just got lucky with the timing of that audition. Had you done Matt TV first? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how how did Matt TV come about? Matt TV was crazy. I did a showcase at the Improv, and. Uh, I did like five minutes in front of Mad TV people. Were you nervous? You don't yeah. strike me someone gets nervous, but I don't know. Oh, uh, I can. I mean, I'm not a. You know, that's why I don't play the banjo anymore. Because <laughs> they just my ner- my fingers are get tingly, <laughs> and it's not like I didn't have confidence over my fingers. But yeah, and uh, and then I was an orphan, and then I uh, <laughs> no. So you you had the showcase. You did five minutes. Now, people who you're known for a lot of things. Um, I think your most famous sketch is the drunk girl sketch, maybe. From sure. was that Matt TV or SNL? Does SNL? Um, but you are incredible. Probably one of the best comics out there with uh, impersonations. Thank and you. It seems to be like that is sort of a wheelhouse that you are uh, are owning, doing well. But is that something that you've always had a knack for? Yeah, I I, I always like to impersonate people. I always was drawn to doing that. You know. Like yeah. since a, as a kid doing like teachers and and then slowly like impression like Letterman was one of my first impressions you know oh, really? so I used to watch it I was like twelve years old I'd watch Letterman I had a TV set in my room and he'd just be and you would hope at some point I don't know how <laughs> I don't know when but but just the very muscularity of the of the of the of the definition of the moment again <laughs> nice going good for you. <laughs> <laughs> So you were 12 years old and you were able to do... Sure, why not? Because <laughs> I always wanted to be no, a I don't singer think I could... and I was terrible. So I would still sing and then people eventually were like, will you stop singing? You're awful. But singing was in you and you eventually learned how to sing. No, I can't sing. I okay. did Broadway as a straight actor. 
Oh, okay. Believe me, they tried to get me to do Rent and all the little shows with the blondes on them, Book of Mormon. I'm terrible. Uh, so it's not something that you, you can learn how to be better. I think people ruin perfectly good performers when they're young because they go, no, that's not, that's not good. Like the older brother's like, no, (laughs) like just shitting on him, you know, and he could be great. Yeah. 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 But he just keeps getting shit on. Yeah. (laughs) So he never, never grows, you know? Yeah. So how did your impersonation sort of come to fruition? How did you, were you encouraged by classmates? Were you the class clown type of guy, type of thing? Yeah, pretty much. I got into sports and... Um, yeah, you're pretty... We, we talked about your calves earlier. Your calves sure. are ridiculous. I, they just got their own Instagram. <laughs> you should do that, man. <laughs> Dude, I think I might, actually. <laughs> I really might. It, it might be at that point. Yeah. <laughs> That's where, where we are right now in comedy. <laughs> listen, I don't judge anyone. Uh, did you, What sports did you play? Uh, baseball and football. Yeah. Pretty you're, much, yeah. You're kind of psych- were you Were you good? I was pretty good when I was younger, yeah. Uh, I was okay. Better football player in high school, but, you know, sports are fun. But they got, you know, that's how I got to meet friends and get friends is yeah. just doing it. Hey, watch, he does this guy. He goes, show him this guy, do this guy, and then just <laughs> become, like, friends with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're the guy in the locker room who's cracking everyone up and shit. Yeah. I always I think, think so. that kids growing up, you always want to be, you used to joke about the fact how women, they play house, they have dolls, they, they are kind of indoctrinated into this role of, of being a mom. But kids, like boys, we just want to be like sports stars or murderers. That's pretty much all we want to be right. growing up. So um, I wanted to be a professional soccer player for a long time. I had dreams about that until I realized I wasn't fucking good enough at college. But um, so it was something that you... W- but you were in high school you played? I, yeah, I played all through high school. I was all state, honorable mention. And, uh, in soccer. In soccer, yeah. That's funny you say that because you look around this area, and again, this is audio so people don't get the full effect, but you have created a living room and a den yeah, and a big top peewee circus <laughs> uh, parachute thing, if you can imagine that. You got heat lamps, you got a sauna machine, you've got a couch, and you, you know, this is... This this isn't this is this is the man this is the leading this is a this is the mind of a leader. Is really? That, I think so because you've created a compound at an apartment complex that you just did this. Yeah. And now it's like it's yours. Kinda, yeah. It's well, pretty cool. Well our our landlord slash boss or whatever, he's one of those guys, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I've yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you have created your own and again, people can't see this, but you've created this nine oh two one oh thing <laughs> back here. And I know you didn't mean to do that, but you did. And um it's just again, I, I would applaud you if I wasn't holding a microphone. Well, I gotta say Part of the reason this yard exists is because when you're not working, you have a lot of free time. And I was like, I'm just going to do home improvements in my yard. Yeah. Because my, you know, my it's cozy. It's decorative. Yeah. It's nice. It would be a thirst trap if if women liked me. Um, So uh, you're in high. Now, when you were in high school, did you think, like, man, I want to get into entertainment? Yeah. I just, uh, I think so. I I did a public access TV show in high school. Did you really? Yeah. I did this community access show, and I told the guy, they go, what's this got to do with the community? I said, I'm having one of my teachers on it, interview him. Oh, really? And I said, and also the librarian. They go, okay. (laughs) And then I got in there, and I just, we were just 
get on there on Saturday afternoons before anyone would get there, and we just just destroy the set. We just go insane. <laughs> what was the What was the idea of the show? It was um, <clears throat> it was a talk show, and then I would do like little sketches and things. Yeah, but then I would have real guests and fake guests, uh-huh. and then tell everyone to play it straight. Yeah, and then just go for it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It was fun. So when you did that, at that point, I imagine you're pretty much committed to being an entertainer at that point when you do it like is that something that your parents were like jeff you could make a living doing stuff like this well it's enough of an excuse to move to hollywood (laughs) you know what i mean like i just wanted to move out here and see what's going on as soon as i got into stand-up you know so right after high school you moved to to hollywood no i moved uh i went I, i went to school in north carolina for uh uh a couple years and what school unc chapel hill is that the performing arts no i didn't go there for that i i went there to do journalism oh wow but i took the test to get into the english you have to take an english journalism class to get into i don't know i had to take this test and i did so bad on it i went i'm not even going to do this major (laughs) i go i'm so far gone i I wouldn't even you know i got like a five out of a (laughs) hundred and they go how did you do that it was so bad so i just got into communications communicate yeah that's that is the best sort of what what type of degree do they call it It, it's it's a degree that all the like the offensive line linemen and football take don't talk to me like that (laughs) Okay, I'll fucking leave. I want to get a degree, but I don't really give a shit. I'll do communications. Well, all, all the football players, basketball players are in my classes. Like, uh, I don't know if you follow sports. Do you follow, uh, do you remember, you know, Antoine Jamison? Yeah. Yeah, he was in my English class. Oh, wow. I, I borrowed a pencil from him. I borrowed a pen or I asked for a pencil or something. He gave me a hell. I know I asked if he could borrow, if I could borrow a pen. And he gave me a, a, a Hello Kitty pencil. I still have it somewhere. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Are you in touch with them at all? No, I never was in touch with them, but I sat next to them in an English class. You should reach out to be like, hey, I'm doing a podcast. You should be a guest. Yeah, I should. I really, really should, actually. I really should. <laughs> um, so you were there for two So two years, obviously, you didn't finish. You like No, you no. I, went, I, I should have said it the other way around. I stayed in California. I went to community college, uh-huh. lived at home for three years. Yeah. Then I moved to North Carolina and finished, did graduate okay. from there after two years. After two years. And then you have this communications degree. You're in North Carolina. And then you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Let me get to Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I was going to be like a special ed teacher because <laughs> I, I had a lead on it, on a job. And my uh, the guy who was like running the comedy club at the time, this guy, Dan French, uh-huh. great guy. He goes, um, he goes, why don't you just move to LA and do commercials? And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you probably get some commercials. Yeah. That's all I said. I was like, that's, that's enough for me. That's enough. I'll do that. I'll try to do that. Yeah. You think you get a commercial. You like, I'm fucking made it. But were you doing stand up at this time already? I just had done it, um, um, in North Carolina, my, you know, 90, 97, I think. 97. So when, when you, because the first time, like for me to do stand up, I had to get really, really drunk. My friend basically had to drag me kicking and screaming. And I just went up there. And you, you, you know, we've worked together a bunch, but particularly at the time, all I had was physical. I was like a dancer. So I just did like physical comedy and I would roll and do the worm and 
I, I don't know if I was trying to be Jim Carrey, wherever the fuck I was trying to be. But um, so that was my kind of foray into it. But for you, was it was it impersonations? Was that sort of your first kind of, or you had like just jokes out of the gate? No, I never had jokes. Oh well, I did have jokes for a little while. Here and there, I'd have jokes, but uh, mostly just trying to write for like characters and impressions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you remember your first set? I do actually, pretty much. Um, yeah, we had a great open mic in North Carolina at uh, in Raleigh at Charlie Goodnights. Mm. I'm still there. Yeah, we did an open mic there. John Reap. Yeah. Was there when I was there? It's great. Um, and basically, it was like 200 people on an open mic night. Jesus, it was great. It was incredible. Most of college kids. Uh, you mix, pretty good mix. So, what got you on the stage the first time? Was it just like you always wanted to do it, or was it the type of thing like a guy was? I was doing it. I was in an improv. I was at an improv troupe, in an improv troupe, and one of the guys was like, "I'm going to go to the comedy club." And I go, there's a comedy club around here? <laughs> you know, here I'm just like waiting for it to like, you know. And so he goes, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, want to go with you, you know, go in. And I went and then he saw, the guy was like, I'll put you up next week. I was like, cool. okay. So I got a week, you know. You had a week to like write five minutes of material. That's nerve wracking as fuck, right? But you know what? I didn't mention this part. I did study abroad in Florence, Italy. And I, that's when I decided I wanted to do stand up because oh, I was wow. doing impre- impressions for all the kids that spoke English yeah. of movie stars and things because there wasn't any English TV. So it would work good because everyone was kind of not, was feeling feeling it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your first Im- impression that you were like, oh, wow, I actually have a knack for this? Yeah. Um, I think it was like, you know, Letterman or whatever, something like that. Yeah. Louis Anderson was an early one. You guys ready to play the feud? <laughs> it's hot in here. <laughs> have, have any of these guys heard your impersonations? Yeah. I imagine Louis would probably love it. Louis was like, let me open for him. And then after I went up there and did my act and my impression, he goes, he sees me and he goes, you could keep, you could, you could do me longer. Keep going. <laughs> you could keep going. <laughs> And you know I like shrimp You could say something About how I like shrimp <laughs> And you could also Keep going <laughs> That's kind of cool Yeah it's great Did you do that Did you, did you like Next time you did a show With him You were like Alright man I'm going deep dive With Louie Anderson uh, Yeah I did like 10 minute block <laughs> Of just Louie <laughs> That's fucking awesome Just do Louie I love Louie Yeah he's great um, So the first one Went well then I'm assuming the first time you went on stage <laughs> yeah pretty much it was pretty good i remember pretty good but it was a pretty easy crowd too yeah i mean that was a really supportive a really a great open mic yeah a lot of comics i think the first time I, I, the first time is either horrific or it's great and so you're either at the place where it was horrific wow i don't want it to be horrific again or it's great and you're like i'm king of the world now I will right. start my reign as the best stand-up on the planet. Right. So you were encouraged, and then it was just like, from there, it was just, you kept doing it? Yep, yep. Yeah. I do it once a week, pretty much. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of places to do stand-up out there. So it's the same place, probably. Yep, same place, Charlie <laughs> right? Just different nights. Yeah. And uh, occasionally there'd be some gig, but, um, and then we just move out here. How was that? Did you get paid in North Carolina at all for any stand-up? 
Because I remember the first time I got paid, it was a huge, it was a prom show. I don't know if you they had prom shows, but in New York at Gotham, they had prom shows. It was like 2 a.m. and you got $75. I remember I walked home with $75 in my hand like, oh my God. Yeah. Like kicking my heels, you know. Yeah. For what? I'm blowing, prof- blowing steam. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, I would tell you this, the shit that I probably did then would get me canceled now. Yeah. It was probably the most lowbrow like shit, fart, sex, racial stuff, you know. Right. Which is so different from my act now, which is so sophisticated and right. intellectual. How much have you stand up have you been doing? Have you done any recently? Um I did I did a show last night. You did? Yeah. Where was this at? It was in the valley. It was in a um they made sure everyone was covid tested, they uh-huh. did temperature checks. Outside? Inside? No, it was inside. Cool. Um very small crowd. And it was weird because I definitely it was a very mixed crowd, and I definitely noticed that the racial jokes I I didn't I'm kind of like weaning myself off of jokes that I kind of feel are a little flat-footed that way, but the racial jokes that some comics were saying I felt just fell on deaf ears. Like people just I don't know I feel like the world has seismically shifted in the past six months where a lot of jokes even like a year ago just don't fly now. You know what I yeah. mean? Even. Oh, here's a funny story. There, there was one kid there. I think he was like 21 and a black kid. And so, one of the comics mentioned he, he was actually a white guy and did a joke about, you know, the, the, the classic like big black dick joke. I don't know how it landed in the set. But apparently that kid went home to his mom and told his mom and the mom wrote the booker of the show saying how offended she was, how her son felt objectified and racially profiled and how she needs to call, call her and sort this out. I mean, it was very, it was almost litigious, um, which I think is n- not going to be far from what's going to happen across the country. when Listen, comes back you got to get to bed early, get your sleep, Low carbs. <laughs> Nothing's really gonna change. It's all. It's still gonna be low carbs. Low carbs. Fucking low carbs. Low carbs. Don't overdo it with the water. I mean, have really water. Well. Don't overdo it with the water. A lot Why? of people overdo it with water. What does that do? Why is that bad? I just think it's like too much. <laughs> you know, like You're to relax. All day. It's, gr- it's gratuitous almost. <laughs> so. Was it the classic story? You're in your car, <coughs> drove to fucking Hollywood from North Carolina, packed up. I flew. Oh, you! Oh, you! You're so bourgeois. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm. You know. And you flew to Hollywood. Where was your first? Where'd you live when you first got here? I lived in Koreatown. I had an apartment. And Koreatown now is kind of gentrified, nice, but at the time it's pretty fucking. Okay, that's another put down. Skid Row adjacent. No, okay. I'm saying. Po- All right, I will no leave. One- <laughs> this third time's a charm. <laughs> no one moves to West Hollywood in their. Nobody first- moves to West Hollywood in their thirties. Yeah. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Uh, but boy, they used to. Yeah. No, I um, you know, I was I uh, had an apartment. It was uh, they had roaches in it. I left in the middle of the night. You know, it was like. You know, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Then somebody from Charlie Goodnights, um, Mike Spurlock, had an apartment there and um, and said, you should get one here. And it was like 500 bucks. Wow. Pool, right on Coingham Barham. Oh, wow. It's a fun little apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so you're you're just this kid. You, you don't have a lot of connections, I'm assuming, in Hollywood at this point. Well, Steven Spielberg is my brother-in-law. Oh, now it all makes sense. <laughs> no, you don't, do you? You don't have any connections. I have zero. But I don't even know what Alexa is. <laughs> but let me just say this. You know, it's a close race. By the time this airs, we'll know who the president is. No, we won't. We'll never know. We'll know it. We'll know maybe by Christmas. You think so? I think it's going to be a long time because there's so many lawsuits have to be. They're being filed. I have a I have a lawsuit against McDonald's. No, <laughs> no, not McDonald's. Um, what's that? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. So, how do you go from no connections? You move to Hollywood. I'm assuming you don't have a great deal of money. How how do you okay. start making foray into I the? Assume you maybe don't have you anybody. do. Maybe you do. Okay, you're, maybe you you're don't. A rich kid. Okay. No, but how how do you how do you make that foray into kind of well getting to where you got? You you go on power walks. You <laughs> you ha- you get your greens, and you meet and you shake hands at a time when you could shake hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You took advantage of it back then, and yeah. you're happy you did, right? Yeah. But were you like good at networking and shit? Was I mean, that something that this you... is going well, isn't it? I think it's fun. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what's going on. I just to me, it was just about doing this little sets, having fun, you know, doing yeah. stand. So, where was your first club in LA that you worked at? Uh, comedy store was. Wow, that's well, huge. It might have been the Improv. Might have been where I first started. Mm-hmm. But how do you, you get, even get on spots. the stage at Comedy Store and Improv? I mean, I think they were a little easier doing open mics back then. Yeah. Um. And then Mitzi saw you and Bud saw you and they passed you type of thing? Um, yeah, it was sort of like with the store, Bob Oshak recommended me. Do you okay. know Bob Oshak? Yeah. Yeah. Great. How did he know about you? Uh, I just met him, uh, you know, when I first got to town, one of the first people I met. Huh. Interesting. Just from open mics and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, open mics. And it was like back then it was, what was that place? Um some bar out in Santa Monica people would always go to and do stand-up at. Yeah, yeah. I think I used to Westwood see... Westwood Brewery. Oh, yeah. Not Santa Monica, but yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Did you uh, used to do shows at Dublin's? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen you there before. I saw you there a few times. No, I was... I was When I was... Uh, I mean, we're not like that much difference in age, but I would watch you and be like, oh, this guy's fucking great. Um, so you're doing the sets, and that's all you're thinking about. You're not thinking about acting or any shit like that. You're just like, I want no, you to stand up. No, not really. But you didn't have a goal to be like, oh man, I want to get on SNL or Mad TV. Was that something that was? In yeah, your head? I did want to be on. Yeah, but I, I was sort of like, most of it was I just want to do, take this a little further, you know, do, have these voices, you know, impressions be like fully realized. Yeah, with wigs and stuff. Like I always kind of dreamed for like that sounds like that sounds like fun, you know. Yeah, but uh, would you bring? wigs and shit on stage and do not do really yeah no um but i could yeah and i still would yeah for sure i just yeah it depends on the wig it depends on the stage yeah exactly um so so mitzi eventually passes you at the and yeah she, mitzi sure people don't know she's a one of the pioneers of stand-up comedy in general and the owner, she's now passed, but she's owned, and she was the person that you had to impress to kind of make it as a stand-up in Hollywood. She had to kind of see you and pass you in the club, 
and people have you know they have their Mitzi stories. So how did that work out for you? Well, we dated for uh, about a good three years. Well, before, she did like the bone comedy before I even did stand up. <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted to be a stand up. We dated. Um, we would uh, no, um, yeah. I just you know I just got lucky and she just passed me one day. That's huge. And then I think get- what happens is I made a joke about. I said Louie Anderson. He's like, she's like, I said something like, I was doing Louie Anderson to her at the back door. I was working the back door. Oh, you were working the back door? Yeah, I was working the back door. And it'd been like six months since she made me a door guy. And I I saw her and I go, How you doing, Mitzi? It's Louie. And I just started doing Louie. Uh Oh, hi, (laughs) Louie. And I just did her. And then then I got passed after that. That's amazing. You got passed as a door guy. Just. Free, free from a Louis in. Anderson impression. That's amazing. And so this is when Comedy Store, this is in the late 90s, I imagine, right? This one was like... 90, this, for me it was 98, 99. It's like a really hot club then, you know? I, mean, that was sort I of don't like know, was maker. it? I think so, yeah. I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the tail end of it. Yeah. That was kind of like the late 80s, late 90s were kind yeah. of like the end kind of Kind of towards big. the end of the 90s it started to sour. Yeah, yeah. So, um... And then the showcase for Mad TV happened at the Improv, you said? Yeah. And so what's that process like? You, you do the showcase, you leave. Are you waiting for a phone call? You have an agent at this point? No, I just, um, I didn't have an agent or anything. I just uh, did the showcase. And then the casting director, Nicole Garcia, came out and said, oh, who do you, who's your people or whatever? I said, I don't have any. She says, perfect. Yeah, she goes. They Here's my up. number or whatever. Wow, that's and then crazy. I just would go and you know, yeah, pretty much how it started. And there. was it was it the t- like I had a friend? I'm doing this film now, and he I was auditioning. For, I think Macbeth with Denzel Washington, and he was up for a small role, but it was seven auditions. Yeah, to do it, and he didn't get it. But was it like that? Did you have to keep? Going I had back? like eleven auditions. I think it was. Really, you're shitting me. No. Oh my god! I thought it was gonna have an ulcer. <laughs> oh my god! I was so. St- and imagine it's like your first thing too. And were they all just showcases at clubs, or you had to go into a room at some point with executives? No, it was all. It was. It was only the stand up. I only did stand up once at the beginning, and then the rest was come up with three new characters and come up with some dialogue. And then I was like, okay. I was like, I had no idea how to do any of that. So I'd write some stuff out and come back, and then go, okay. Go in front of producers next, whatever you know. You know how it goes. It's like, well, I have never been in that situation. So when you go in front, but of they're the produ- just not sure of you. Is the thing, yeah. You know? They're not sure of you, yeah. And they know you're young and you haven't done anything, so it's a bit of a gamble, yeah. So, um, and famously, when you're in a room with producers, they're not giving it up. Usually, oh, are you kidding me? They're but just you're not getting anything. Yeah, and that's what really teaches you going up in those rooms. Oh my god, when you're auditioning. Because yeah. you have to really not care. Yeah. And it's a hard environment to not care in. Yeah, because your whole life can be rotting on, in your head at least, you think yeah. it is. Yeah. And so was it, one of my worst auditions, worst memories was, it was, it was in West Hollywood, I think by the crunch they had like a, a conference room there. And I went in, there was just a chair and there was a, one of those long tables with like 12 people. And... I was like, I'm going to start this like really hot. So I did a flip into the chair, 
like a, a handspring into the chair because I'm supposed to hit on this girl. And I go, hey, and I put my arm around like an imaginary girl. And they were laughing so hard. But as the audition went on, they were less and less impressed with me because I wasn't good at fucking sitcoms. <laughs> um, but it was just so, because it got so fucking quiet and people started going on their phones and all that fucking shit. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it, they're not an audience. No. They're looking at you how they are, need to look at you. They're trying to imagine like, okay, could he? Yeah. Mm. They're not thinking about, they think of other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They already kind of know you're good. Yeah. But they're kind of looking at your hair length and, <laughs> you know. Do you fit with the rest of the cast? They're right. Imagining how too. tall are you? Uh-huh. Can't be too tall. Yeah. So, and they kept giving you different signs, different characters. And after 11 auditions, you get a call. Yeah. I from, tested for... Oh, and then, yeah, then I tested, and then I got, yeah. You got, you got Matt TV. Yeah. Who was in the original cast of Matt TV with you? Boy, uh, it wasn't original cast. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. I'm not the original, no. I was just a 99 season or whatever. I just did a few episodes. I was like, you know, um, Will Sasso and Alex um, and uh, Mo Collins. And uh-huh. Yeah. Harry Spears and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the environment, uh, I'm sure it was very, Mad TV is very different from SNL. So were you doing Mad TV, is it the type of thing like, now that you're cast, they're sort of like, it's up to you to sort of create stuff compelling enough that writers will want to write for you and that they're going to want to produce? Was oh, it's sp- like trying to get people interested in you. Yeah. Because people think of it like, oh, you know how to do it, so they just use you. It's like, no, you have to try to yeah. entice people to write for you. That yeah. was what I was trying to do. Where other people just knew how to write for themselves. Yeah. Or the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other thing, to be able to write for anything. And they kind of don't really tell you that when you're auditioning that, hey, you're going to also be a writer on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine a lot of people probably... That, that oh god i can't imagine you'd be surprised a lot of people are just incredible writers they're such good writers that they write themselves in a good performers you know what i mean like yeah if you just have it if it's really well written it's hard not to fail with it right yeah what was your first uh sketch that you did in mad tv where you're like oh i i, I got something cool i did something yeah i did the letter, a letterman a full letterman sketch oh wow that's cool with the the, the desk and the Paul Schaefer was Will uh, Sasso, and um, Nicole Sullivan played Meg Ryan. It was fun. That was really crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that so I, now you said you only did it for uh, a few episodes. Yeah. Was that the type of thing like they had a new season and they were renewing, or it was those four of twelve episodes? You know, those four of twelve deals that they'd give. A lot of young featured players, you see a lot of guys come in and out. They test you out for four of 12 episodes, see what you see what you can get done, and, you know. Yeah, and so after that is the type of thing, like, you're, you, you've done your arc, and now you have to wait to see if they're going to renew you type of thing? Pretty much, yeah. So then they, you weren't renewed? Right. Yeah. How did that, was that a feeling of like... I think it was like satisfied. I mean, my, the manager, my managers are psyched because the whole time they were trying to get me to SNL. I oh. didn't know. Oh, yeah, no. I don't yeah. think they were trying to sabotage anything, but like they were like, 
And I said, there's no way. How will they ever take me after, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that, you know? So how, how did that look? How did, it, how did you tra- make that? So right away you made that transition. Well, I just had it. I got an audition. And uh, that was it, you know? Two weeks to do, you know, till the audition in New York. In New York. And so yeah. you, same thing. You go into the room, the very famously, Lauren Michael is there. It's on the stage. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. But it's like eight people in the shadows. Yeah, that's what I heard. People like... And same thing, though. They're not really laughing. You can't really tell. I got a if, couple little uh, chucks. A little which couple, is a big deal if you get some... Maybe a couple th- little things. Yeah. Maybe it was a cough. <laughs> Could have been a cough. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I just recited from Hamlet, and uh, that's all it took. <laughs> and then you have the... the you go into Lauren's office and you have the meeting and all that shit. Yeah. You look, you look through the mini fridge. You <laughs> act like you're not looking through the mini fridge. You're going through the mini fridge. You're taking the cranberries. <laughs> Little would you know they'd be worth so much these days. <laughs> you know, and then you, sh- you do a tap dance. You're a, tam- you're a dancer, right? Yeah. So it's a tap dance. Oh, you have good. to have tap shoes. Oh, Jesus. But my tap shoes are oversized, so <laughs> they're not really a true reflection of my flexibility with my foot. Um, Sure. And then I was, uh, I was, uh, but you don't have any stories w- with the Lord Michael, like, because I've heard so many weird things where people they would meet with them and they thought, well, I clearly, but based on how we acted, I'm not getting it. But then they would get a phone call, or people would say, Lord, like, okay, I'll see you on Monday. Like, what? What the fuck? W- was it kind of jarring that way, or was it just? I mean, how many times did you audition for SNL? One time. I just just one, one time. Yeah. Wow. And then you started within weeks, days. Yeah, I don't think it was a couple, maybe three weeks. Yeah. Now, at that point, that must have been the biggest moment of your life. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. It was like, you know, yeah, it was like pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And you were able to take some of the things that you did or maybe weren't able to do at Matt TV and just bring to SNL, I imagine. Yeah, and just kind of learn how to write a little bit better, just kind of you know showcase a little bit better like i what i liked about snl was that you could do an update piece mm-hmm. and like read a new impression you know mm-hmm. and then at least the table would see like your new impression like maybe they'd use that sometime yeah what impressions that's what i tried to do yeah and what impressions did you end up getting on snl letterman and louis mm-hmm. and gary Busey. oh gary Busey, i haven't heard that oh <clears throat> Remember he's always plugging his book, his Buseyisms book? <laughs> <clears throat> I just wrote a book called Buseyisms. Watch, book, B-O-O-K, Blast Ostrich Over Canada. It's a great book. I think you'll like it. It, I-T, Interspace Tapeworm. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's fucking cool. So how, how many impersonations would you say you have in your arsenal? At least three or four. No, shush. You have a good dozen, don't you? Shush. Uh, I don't know how many. uh, That I can do probably like maybe 20 or something. Yeah. And the one that that I feel is getting you a lot of traction right now is um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Well, you know, it's interesting you point that out because it's like, you know, it's just sort of like amalgamation, like just real, like super time, like big time, like real like the real thing, right? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> um, here's the thing. Um, 
I'm just going to switch to a oat crackling oat brand. <laughs> what would you say if someone's trying to learn impersonations? Do you have any like tricks? Is it about like making your mouth shaped a certain way to get the sounds? Like how do you? Because I do a lot of dialects, which is kind of similar, right? And it's always about like okay, if I'm going to do like a Scottish accent, I got to go into the back of my throat and have to um, like something's like back there lodged, you know. Yeah. And Irish is a bit more forward here, so I always kind of like think about where how my mouth is shaped and where. Do you think of it that technically, or is it just like you? Feel, I mean, I you feel it in your. I don't know what it is. It's just like I just try to absorb it and just keep listening. I don't try to do it right away. Yeah, just keep listening and. No, I, dude, you have a crazy work ethic. Sometimes, because we're neighbors, you're out in the yard. I hear you just like going over, like dozens and dozens of times, different different things. Different sentences. Sorry for that. No, I love it. It's great. <laughs> I was just did Brad Garrett with uh, Hannibal Lecter for my podcast. <laughs> oh, you had one with Brad Garrett. Yeah, I interviewed Brad Garrett, but as as Hannibal Lecter because my podcast is is that it's Jeff Richard show, but I'm never there. Like some reason I'm never there. And then I have this. I do it. Then I have a. I do an impression and then I interview the person. That's a great premise. Yeah. So like so Brad Garrett, I'm like, I'm like so I'm doing Hannibal Lecter with Brad Garrett. I'm like Brad Garrett. You're on a show called Everybody Loves Raymond. Did ya? Did you love Raymond? How'd you love Raymond, Brad? <laughs> and so he's an improv actor. He probably took the ball and ran with it pretty well. Walter Jeffrey! <laughs> hey, Jeffrey! <laughs> I go, no, it's not Jeff. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um... So your podcast, you have uh, the one that we were just talking about. You did Alec Baldwin. You interviewed him as as Robert Downey Jr., Robert right? Robert Downey Jr., yeah. And, and how did you get Alec Baldwin on your podcast? That's a huge get. I mean, Brad Garrett is as well. Uh, I, I, he, uh, he saw me do an impression of him and, I don't know, just started following me. And, and then we just went back and forth a couple of times and... And then I did his, I did the uh, Alec Baldwin's baby, his new baby Eduardo. <laughs> so I was doing just basically his face on a baby, like, and then I would do just his normal voice. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even a baby. Yeah. Hello, I'm Alec Baldwin's baby. <laughs> Goo -goo Gaga, you know, kind of thing. And then he kind of replied to me on that, and I just said, "Would you do my podcast?" You know. I didn't think he's gonna do it. I didn't. I didn't know if he was gonna show up. I not that he wouldn't, but you know, I just couldn't believe it. It was great. It was so much fun. Yeah, and um, and so your podcast is out now, right? And it's called what's it called again? It's the Jeff Richards Show. The Jeff Richards Show. Um, so what what is do you have like a for the podcast? Do you have a plan moving forward with it? Is it something where you go? This could be a cool TV show. Or do you, do you think about that way? Or you're just kind of like just getting it out there for now. I don't know. I'm just trying to do good at it and just um, do it over and over again, mm -hmm. and keep it fun. Yeah, you know that's just all I'm trying to do right now. Uh, it's a deep fake too, so yeah. there's a deep fake video of the so, impressions. So for people who don't, so deep fake. What exactly is deep fake again? It's like a computer generated face onlay. Uh-huh. That's sort of like computer generated to your face a little bit. So it's sort of like uh Robert Downey Jr.'s face and your, your mouth face. type of thing. It's on your face. It's really yeah. on your face. Yeah. 
No. <laughs> and but you do like the wig and everything as well. No. Right? Oh, you don't. Oh, that's all deep fake. <coughs> the wig is. The hair depends. I mean, I, I, but usually the hair is not deep faked. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, because that would look too. No. You can't do that. Yeah, I'm I think hard. one of my videos I did do that, which now I'm thinking I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but it's too late. Glad you brought enough coffee for me. I'll be up till four in the morning. Do you have any? Um, what is sort of a, a bucket list for the show in terms of like I want to get this guy? I want to get a bucket. That'd be cool. That's on my bucket list. Just interview the bucket. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, bucket list. I don't know. I just, I just want to like kind of get better at impressions and learn more new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any that you're working on right now that you feel pretty good about like new ones? Um, not really. Now, do you think that you could do a face swap with a black comic or is that blackface? Um, no, I probably can't do that anymore. That'd be interesting. I mean, you can't do anything anymore. <laughs> um, no, but you can't change it like that. I did The Rock. Yeah. I did The Rock. But again, it's sort of like... How's The Rock sound? Oh, wow. Feeling great. Ah, wow. <laughs> Just uh, did some 78 deadlifts with a bag of rock... But with a bagger, but with a bagger shattered rocks between my legs. It wasn't shattered when I started. <laughs> I haven't done that in fifty years. <sighs> I did some bear lunges. A bear lunge is just like a regular lunge, except you put a live grizzly bear on your back when you do it. <laughs> they laying great. Um. So uh, now the drunk girls. Which is always a great sketch. I've seen several times. That's obviously just based on women in LA, I imagine. Just how fucking annoying they are. And how well, they're drunk. it's a leading question. <laughs> uh, drunk girl's based on my father, <laughs> who was a rancher in Provo, Utah. He used to take me out to the cement factory, and he used to tell me, this is where I'm going to leave you. <laughs> I don't have time for that story. <laughs> but in reality, I would never do a swimsuit that would fit into me. Uh, this is the best time I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you left this, t this, what is this, bourbon out in the middle? Now, what apartment yard comp complex would have bourbon laying on the bed? I know, it's probably bad. I have a bottle, big bottle of Jack Daniels because I did those drunk film reviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the idea. Um, there is a weird thing going on with my computer, so I have to keep fucking refreshing it. I don't know the fuck. Oh, maybe it's never recorded. Who the fuck knows? Um, so... Jeff, got the podcast. What else is going on, man? Dude, just we were living just life. holding the fort down, you know? Yeah. You just said earlier, you're like, I don't think comedy's coming back. Well, is it? I don't know. Maybe it won't be comedy, though. What Maybe it'll be silly time. <laughs> Now's where you insert the animation part of the show. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Mark my words. Don't mark them too good. Mark them so pencil. you know that. Mark them in pencil. Just mark them. Mark. Mark. Okay. <laughs> so, because right now, the L.A. comedy scene, as most people know, well, L.A. in general is just shut down incredibly. So, the only comedy shows that exist are, 
are in people's yards and outdoors and have you done any of those yet you know do you want to i i um i don't which which leads to like why don't we do something back here we totally could we'd have to get permission but you know what it would almost become too much of a scene like it would be too many grifters here at night. Yeah, it's like every comic Just club. Just like hamming it. Like, <laughs> how do I get into this scene? It's like, get the fuck. I need to go to sleep. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I know. It has that flavor to it where it's like you invite people here, they're gonna just come back and sleep back here. Exactly. Yeah, which has happened before. Yeah. Eric That's Myers. How I met my first wife. <laughs> All right. You've never been married, have you? No. Close. You ever get close to? Close. What is close? Engaged, I mean, at the engaged altar? to be engaged, talking about marriage. I was marriage. never the age to be engaged. Hmm. Interesting. I skipped right <laughs> over it. I was, uh, yeah. I raised buffalo. I, I, I lived I lived on the land for uh, my great deal of my childhood. And Did you really? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> uh, but there was a creek in my uh, hometown. That's why they called it Walnut Creek. Yeah, it was the creek in your hometown. Um. So Jeff, man, like you're an interesting guy. You got a lot of shit going on. Do you also write write pilots? Is that something that interests you, or are you like one of these people who's trying to? You know, I don't write pilots, but I write two pilots. Like there's like <laughs> some people I know at American <laughs> Airlines that I'll send a letter to, and I'll be like, "What's up?" You know. <laughs> but I don't specifically write pilots. I write. Like I said, write, I write two pilots. <laughs> so you have a Pee Wee Herman thing here, and then you got the screen, but have you ever played anything on the screen? Oh, the big projector screen? That's on hold? No, I, I play it, but I have a TV here, too, which people can't see. And it's just so much easier to have a TV than a projector screen. It's so much easier to have a TV than a child. Oh, tell me about it. Don't get me started on that. Boy, I almost want to get more TVs just because it's so much easier than a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Juggle a bunch of TVs. <laughs> so, I grew up on the. I grew up in the land. You know the Lampshire State. The Lampshire State. Paxaville. They never talk about it in history. <laughs> Paxaville uh, was a state. Shut the fuck. They up. never talk about it. Oh, they don't talk about it. They won't talk about it. Why not? Why talk about it? It's a liberal conspiracy, huh? It's a foreign nationalist. Subdivision of uh, some sort of Scorsese uh, <laughs> commercial or some shit. It's like a taco jersey, uh, uh, gender specific, not so specific, back 18 to 24 demographic. Yeah. And I'm just not going to stand for it. <laughs> now, do you think that uh, when, comic, as I was saying earlier, when comedy comes back, do you think that it's changed so much that it's hard to do jokes? I know you kind of joked about it, but things that maybe you used to do that you go, oh man, I can't joke about this shit anymore. Or do you think about that? All I think about is like finding, finding your own lane, you know? Yeah. Not worrying about that. Yeah. Cause guys are doing whatever they want, getting their own followings. Seems like a better long-term goal. Yeah. Than trying to just quickly be accepted. Yeah. Just do your own thing and maybe it'll take a little longer. I feel like in Hollywood there's a lot of you show up here and you get quote unquote people and people tell you you have to do this. You have to do a, a clean, relatable sure. TV set. So you have all these actors out here who have a solid five minute, ten minute TV set, but they're not really headliners. 
they never really develop into headliners because they just work on their TV set and that's their whole thing. It's they're very goal oriented. And I think at one point you were you were doing uh who was the character, the German's uh like singer, pop singer? What was that character's name? Oh, uh, uh Ditto Kiddo. Ditto Kiddo, yeah. yeah. So you were doing Ditto Kiddo well, for Well, he's sort of more oh. British, a little bit British. How'd that come about? Well, it's very, it's very nice because it's very, very good. It is what it is, and it is what it is. <laughs> sort of like Morrissey, because I'm a big Morrissey kind of. Yeah, it's like some, you know. I love that. I saw this one inner Morrissey when he was like 25. He's like, "Well, it's very good. It's very strong, and I really like it." It's, you know, he's just like, "It's great." Yeah, yeah. And you are kind of a musician too, then, yeah? Uh, not really. I mean, I like to write songs. Yeah. Because you were, for a long for a long time at Laugh Factory, and I, I remember I talked to you very briefly, uh, and you were like, "I feel I feel free." Oh, it's fun. Yeah, you felt like I'm, you, yeah. you, I think you said you're like, "I'm not doing what people are telling me to do. I'm kind of finding my own thing." Okay, don't don't you quote me because I don't know if I said that something close to that something like that. Let's take a look at the footage. <laughs> what am I, Mike David? <laughs> Listen, um, <laughs> no, I I grew up uh, I grew up. Uh huh. On a uh, was it a yurt? A whisper ranch. A you couldn't say anything. You had to whisper. Jesus Christ! How so, whisper ranch? How could you ran up cattle if you couldn't say anything? Well, because the cattle were on the television set. You see, oh. it was all kind of fictitious anyway. Wow, that's amazing. That's a crazy upbringing, man. I yeah, I was raised with cattle, but only the cow- the cattle were on a TV set. Oh, okay, so I didn't mention that part. Oh yeah, that changes everything. No, um. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> Now, Jeff, don't you think that we could do write a sitcom okay. about this yard? Yeah, I mean, there's something here. But again, you try to sniff out some product. If somebody's going to sniff you out and be like, dude, something's going on here. And then you got someone sleeping in the ivy again. <laughs> Remember the guy that slept in the hammock? Look at the hammock now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't use that hammock anymore. <laughs> I have to lay sideways on it. Which I don't know if you can picture this, people, but it's not pleasurable. Yeah, I did come out here one time, and there was an MS13 gang member on this couch. Right Are you here. serious? Yeah, he had all the tattoos, all the markings of all the murders on his body, and he had slept there the night before. And I was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" He's like, "Oh shit, man, I'm sorry. I just got drunk and I, got, I passed out." And I was like, "Okay, well, you gotta go, dude." He's like, he just gave me that like. Look for like five seconds. Where Whoa! Contemplating. You really said you saw the markings on this guy, and you go, "You gotta fucking get out of here." I was gentle about it. I said, like, "Hey, man, you gotta go, oh dude." God. He's all right. I do. He left, and oh my god, this is sort of you know, this is L.A. now. You know, we have so now we're good with them. We're good. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm good a, to know. I'm an honorary M- MS13 member. If you want some drugs, yeah, um, yeah. So. uh you're doing so the Jeff Richards show, doing the podcast. Are you starting a tour again? Have you thought of like getting back on the road? A lot of people are like, I don't want to go back on the road yet. I don't know. I don't. I don't want if I don't have to. Yeah. Are you worried about COVID? Is that part of it? Because then a lot of people. I mean, because um, you're close with your mom, right? Do you see her a lot? Yeah. And is this something that you're conscious of in terms of the virus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, just have to. Keep going forward in this uh, <laughs> wild world we're in, and uh, I'm running for re-election next year. Oh wow! At the uh, at the uh, Forest Krush, 
Uh, it's a, a, a sparkling lemonette. It's a lemonade, but it has a. It's not yet, so it's a lemonette. Okay. And it's good, and it's better with ice. Oh, okay. I'll keep it in mind. Yeah. <laughs> when we return, we will take a look at this year, as this year <laughs> is in review again. Take a look at the numbers. These are the numbers. These are the numbers. Uh, that's television right there, right? <laughs> this last 10 seconds, but... Uh, yeah. So what are we gonna do, Jeff? How are we gonna fucking how are we gonna make the turn, dude? With comedy. We're gonna produce our own show here. We gotta do it. We're gonna sitcom called The Yard. And uh The Side Yard. I feel like now more than ever you just have to create your own fucking content. That's really the, the side game. Side yard. Yeah, I mean You have to do something. You know, I'm even thinking of opening another Gmail account. What? Just because I want to be proactive, you know, and I want to, like, <laughs> strive, and I want to feel my feet under my, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So that's what you accomplished in quarantine. You got another Gmail account. That's something. I learned how to turn the TV on with my foot. I did that. One foot? One, well, one foot I can turn the TV on now. That's I learned that in April. That was my April. That's a good April. Mm-hmm. Pretty productive. It's a really good April. People were investing in stocks, and I was just like, I'm going to figure out this TV situation. Well, if I can fight, yeah. Um, yeah, so what do you think, Jeff? What, what's, what's the future looking like with this shit? Are, is it just like, again, creating your own content, trying I mean, to get it out to there? to me is wake up, have some liquids, make sure they're filtered, maybe clearly filtered. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> Go that extra mile, and then... Treat yourself to some blended Vitamix blended spinach and walnuts. <laughs> Get yourself up, have some coffee, have some eggs, some wind sprints. It's not it's not rocket science, but in a way it is. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Cause you know, you are someone like I'm I, I sleep till noon because I'm a piece of shit. But you're out here. Eight, nine every morning. Okay. Work, Again, I apologize. Working? No, it's fine. I mean, when you sneeze, it's a big. You sneeze, and the fucking building shakes. Oh shit! You got quite the diaphragm on you, Mister Richards. <laughs> quite the diaphragm. <laughs> Jesus, this guy could be in the fucking opera. <laughs> Fuck. Can you do an impersonation of you sneezing? <laughs> oh my god, it is pretty loud though. That's all- I'm just so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't take it out on the whole apartment complex. Our upstairs neighbor, Johnny Sanchez. Did Ugh. you work with Johnny on Mad TV as well? No. He no. Uh, came after. Yeah. yeah. He would like complain to you like, oh, that's progressively. <laughs> yeah. It's Mr. Pre- sneeze over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. I, I sneeze too loud. It is my fault. I apologize. But you do have a good you do have a good work ethic, you know. I, I think a lot of people just don't have that in their nature. Well, you know, again, uh, I don't wear a bra. I should. Uh-huh. I have a sensibility about lemonades. I talked about lemonade earlier. Lemonette. I don't mean it like I'm not trying to be passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah. Exactly. So that's it, Jeff. What what else do you want to talk about, man? Let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's look in our trusty drawers. Um, you know, it's just the future. You just keep going. 
uh, or turn around, or just quit, or stop. Just give up. Have you ever thought? Have you ever thought about quitting? I'm something? about to quit right now. <laughs> and that's the clip we would use right there. Um, I don't eat lunch meat because it's lunch meat. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. You know. Okay. Uh. I like that with like Quentin Tarantino's like. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Does that make any sense? What about I, David Attenborough? He's going at it. Can you do David Attenborough? That's a good. Oh, a snow finch. <laughs> I'm a cute creature, and still not yet born. That's a great impersonation. Thank you. Have I you done? You haven't done it yet for your podcast. I did do it once. Who was your guest? Harlan Williams. You got some great guests, man. Yeah. The world is. <laughs> the world has not long to live. We are doomed. The world will end soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Harlan's like, "Hey, so what's going on, buddy?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh." We don't have long to live, Harlan. <laughs> He's like, oh, why is that, buddy? Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I love Harlan, but that's a half-assed impression right that's there. That's pretty good. Sir, could you please put your hands back on side the half? <laughs> Sir, you want to close your legs, ma'am? <laughs> Sir? <thank you. laughs> um, I like a Jim Gaff again. Oh, yeah. Let me hear Jim Gaff again. Yeah, you know, people. You could, you could always get a, you could always get a Dorito. You ever get a Dorito? Why would you get a Dorito? <laughs> Triangle? What am I in a band? <laughs> it's not as good as the other ones. But let me tell you this. No, I love Jim Gaffigan. I don't know how to do. It. I, some of them I don't know. Jim Gaffigan is a dick. No, no. I mean, I like to do. He is. I've heard that from so many New York comics. Well, see, but people just say that. Yeah, though. they do. Like to they really it. just do. They want to say that. Mm-hmm. They're looking for him to be a dick. Yeah, if he does one mean thing, you're like, and then he doesn't look over, and they go, they say his name once or twice, and he doesn't look over, and then that he guy's a dick. That how many of those out there? Yeah. Oh yeah. I wasn't a shepherd for. I was a shepherd for a year, but then I just stopped. Why? I don't know why. I'm chill. I'm still trying to figure it out. That's a great gig, man. You know, it is. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been. Could have yeah. been a great gig. Oh, dude. You missed your calling, perhaps, you know? You know what I think my calling was? Hmm. Calling cards. Ah. Like interesting and creative calling cards. <laughs> that was. I think that was my calling. I think I missed it. At this point, I should probably tell people that uh, Jeff did smoke some weed before we started. Thank you. It's legal here. No moral judgment. That's right. Have you ever performed stoned? I have. I have tried it um, every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, have you? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Why not? I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Depends I could. on the performance, of course. If it's like a real, like stressful situation, no. Yeah. But if it's just stand up in town. It's not something you're trying to remember, you know. It has yeah. to be a certain. Night. It can't be every night, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Did you? Do you have? Do you ever? When you're nervous, do you have any like tricks to help with nerves? I throw up. A lot of people do. I do it when I'm relaxed. <laughs> when I'm, uh, 
doing my shows, I'm not that nervous, but I just like a normal, calm, relaxing, just throw up. <laughs> you know? I actually, here's a trick that I do if I play, and this is true, if I'm playing an intense character in the movie I did, I, I booked the, guy, the director's like, wow, you're really intense. There's a lot going on. I, I make myself gag. So, because when you gag, your your eyes get like watery and yeah. kind of really active and your your voice kind of changes. Yeah. And I would make myself gag and just I would just sound like crazy or something like that. Wow. Yeah, I stick my fingers down my throat. I go like, roll, roll, and I start doing it. And then you haven't been able to stop ever since or have you still you only gag yourself to when <laughs> tell me when I should gag myself. No. Right before we're about to do something really like if you want to cry, it's a good time. Good. Good. And it, you know what? I deserve to cry. Yeah. I deserve to cry. No. Um, Have you ever done an impersonation of someone who saw you and they were pissed at you? Or like, that wasn't good, or they were just like shitty to you? Um, not or, really. Uh, Gary Busey a little bit. Why? What happened? Uh, I'm Gary Busey. You know, he was just like... I heard I did an impression of him. I was doing this little movie that never came out. And, and I'm in the backyard. And I'd been doing my impression of Gary Busey to all the crew and everybody. So they all knew it. Yeah. And then they told him that they, yeah, I was doing it. I didn't even think it. So then he comes looking for me in the backyard. <laughs> and I'm, and he comes over and goes, Jeffrey, come out, come out wherever you are. And he went up to me and he had two hot dogs. And it was like nine in the morning. He got there. He just got there with hot dogs. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he had relish on the hot dogs, and he goes, "Here, have a hot dog." And I go, "Oh, I'm good. I really appreciate it." I want it. He goes, "Just eat it." <laughs> you can't say no because he might freak out. Yeah. And then I saw him. I tried to get a picture with him, but and uh, at the comedy store a few years ago, I go, Gary, can I get a picture? And he goes, "No." <laughs> that's it so that's how it goes sometimes yeah he's is he he's alive right yeah he's not in like rehab or i anything. mean as far as i know as far as i anyone. haven't checked my phone because <laughs> he'd be a good guest to have don't you think you probably get him i don't know uh, maybe if he plays along maybe yeah maybe no maybe if he plays maybe if he doesn't play along it's even better yeah who knows but i imagine right now he wants to be relevant so why the fuck wouldn't he you have Gary Busey interviewing Gary Busey. You could do it. I just gave you a fucking <coughs> great idea. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to get Louie Anderson. I, I um, It's fun. Don't you find that booking the guests is the hardest part, isn't it? Uh, well, particularly if it's just you and you don't have a producer, like a hot girl producer, yeah. to reach out. It seems more thirsty if you're just the guy with the podcast reaching out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems more official if you have someone to kind of like. And also, I, I also find sometimes people, I go, hey, you want to do a podcast? They're oh, absolutely. And then I reach out to them again. They're like, they just never respond. Well, you got to follow up and follow up on that. I know. You got to be kind of annoying. You really have to because people don't want to do it. They really don't want to do it. That's the truth of it. People yeah. don't want to do anything. Yeah. And it's just crazy because it's like. This is like, but it's it's like doing the dishes, you know? It seems insurmountable, but once you get your hands in the warm 
soapy water. It's like, okay, I can polish these off. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And that's my book. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> that got I find that really lot, weird for I, no reason. I feel like I feel like a lot of there are a lot of guys I kind of came up with and I thought I was friends with that would ask me to do the podcast. And they're like, man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing other podcasts. I'm too busy. Or, or they would even say, I don't do podcasts. But then they would be on fucking Rogan. Obviously, they would do podcasts. They just wouldn't do my right. fucking podcast. So, I don't know. The trick is maybe I gotta be better at networking. No, I don't. I just think it's just like marketing and all that stuff, and getting your stuff out there and exposing it somehow, and paying for it or whatever you have to do. Yeah, I don't know what it is you have to do to get eyeballs on things. I don't know, but you know, I'm not showing my ass anymore. I'm. Why I not? just won't do it. That's why I'll do the. Well, just because I just won't do it. Yeah. I want to get an Instagram for my calves. Did we yeah. already talk about this? Yeah, we did. Okay, I'll, I want that part of the sec. Can you send me that audio of that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's a good idea. I used to do a lot of butt shots on my Instagram because, look, man, I just got to bring the heat. I don't care who's watching. Sure. And that would get. I would get messages from from guys who'd be like nice ass and I was like well I don't want to like be mean to them so I was like oh cool man like where do you live and they're like I'm a freshman in high school so like these young gay and then they would start asking me questions like I'm gay I live in uh, oh I guess Biden won is that what that means whoa um, we are live can you hear this okay and uh, and then they would say like I, I'm gay and I can't come out to my parents. They're going to disown me. What should I do? Like literally, like they look at me like, oh, this guy's clearly a gay dude. <laughs> so let me ask some questions about how hard it is to come out. And I'm always like, I don't know what the fuck. So I just tell everyone, I was like, look, if if you're in a town where you can move to fucking Hollywood, move yeah. to West Hollywood. Like they welcome you with open cheeks. Right, and you don't even need a cosigner a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Just show, just show up on San Monica Boulevard and get, get crackalacking as they yeah, say. Put on your rollerblades. Go put on someone else's rollerblades. Even better. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. It's your future. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, shit, man. I think we've covered fun. a lot of uh, a lot of uh, your childhood on the ranch. Yeah. And um, you know, shit, dude. Do you ever do mushrooms? No, not anymore. Um, just Portobello. Mm. <laughs> you wait. You've never done mushrooms. You have. Uh, I have, but you know, I don't. I don't love it. Really? Last time I felt like I was uh, Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> or Jesse uh, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Like I did him, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just sitting there. I felt like I'm like time time is a good day because of some sort of shit right <laughs> bitch i was like i gotta get out of here i gotta go i gotta i gotta, I gotta leave i gotta go okay i just gotta leave or something all right <laughs> that's a good one so it made you paranoid oh yeah man i had to get out of there oh shit where were you outdoors where were you i was at a i was at a i was at a oh don't i'm not gonna get in it was a parlor <laughs> It was a parlor. It used to be the whiskey parlor. Uh-huh. But that was before you were born. <laughs> then it becomes Subjacks. It was like a pancake place. <laughs> and then it was nothing for the longest time. Then it became a hot dog place. Then it became a Chinese place. Now it's a laundromat. 
Oh, of course. It's always a laundromat eventually. Everything was a laundromat. Should just be a laundromat to begin with. Nobody <laughs> thinks like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. All right, bud. Well, shit, Jeff. I mean, you know, I think we covered everything. All the bases, all the right. answers to life and everything. So unless you got something you want to leave people with. No, just the Jeff Richards Show dot com uh at the jeff richards instagram whatever yes thank and you. jeff is one of the most talented impersonations impersonationists impressionists what would you say impersonation or uh impressionist impressionist yeah yeah i feel like you are you are the guy you are the standard bearer i wear an apron only because i don't want to get you know pizza sauce all over myself that makes sense yeah you don't want to do that okay well, cool we'll leave with that all right, Jeff. Thanks for All thanks right, for stopping by. I know it's a long trip back to your uh, apartment, twenty feet away. So. I double parked. <laughs> I don't know why I did. Stupid. <laughs> she just left in its spot by right. double parked. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Check out the Jeff Richards show, everyone. It's awesome, and it's blown up right now. It's right? number one nowhere. <laughs> it's probably ranked. Uh, it's rank. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right, man. Later. Thanks, Jeff. Dude, I'm, I'm so, I don't know what the fuck was going on with this. <laughs>